0: Hello there, thanks for joining me for the podcast today, The Psychology Report, Helping Children Thrive. That's my topic today. You know, the other day we did a uh, podcast and uh, spoke quite extensively about children who do not thrive. They do not bond with their primary parent, and uh, throughout the rest of their life, they struggle to make it. They struggle academically, they struggle in their careers and jobs, they struggle in their relationships, they struggle with their schooling, and so on, just because they never bonded with the primary parent in that first three years of life. And that's where the blueprint of life is formed, in the first three years. Not in the sense where you're going to become an engineer or you're going to become a psychologist as a career but that you develop the re- emotional and relationship skills that are necessary to thrive. So today what I'd like to do is kind of just focus on thriving a little bit, on the more of the positive side of the coin that we did the other day of the children who are uh, lacking attachment and have a, an attachment disorder and require a lot of treatment, a lot of re-education in their life. But today, let's take a look at thriving. Parents who help their children thrive. Well, that is where we start. The first three years of life. Pregnancy is important. And that there be a healthy pregnancy. Well, during that time, there's a bond that takes place between that infant in the womb and the mother. There's a, a greater bond of the mother to the child than the child to the mother but still there's a bond that is formed between them so it's a very special time and that's why that time is very important to honor and to respect and to perform a loving supportive healthy relationship for the mother so that pregnancy can be a positive and a celebratory event in their life okay now then we come to the birth Let the birth not only be a positive one but it starts the process of 36 months of loving and caring and just being one, forming that relationship of a bond. Now, if a child's going to thrive, that's where it starts. It's that acceptance of the child. It's that wanting the child. It's the uh, uh, belief in that child. It's the love for that child. That takes place in that first 36 years, uh, thirty-six months of life. So not only does a bond occur, but the blueprint of life you know, begins to take place during that time. And what is that? Okay, let me give you a couple points. Now, of course, thriving has a lot to do with a lot of different things. Some kids thrive and some kids don't thrive for who knows what reason. Sometimes we can't predict it and we can't even understand it, even though we study it. But generally speaking, here are some of the features of the children who thrive. They have a genuine affection for other people. Now, that means that they've been affirmed. They've been loved. They've received affection. And in the receiving of affection, they're then able to share affection with others and to be affectionate towards others. I often ask, Children in my practice, when I see them in my office, your children do your parents love you? And all kids will often say yes, or they'll hesitate momentarily, and then in a hesitant manner say, well, I think so, yes. Or I'll say, how do you know that? That's a kind of a factor that every child should know without doubt that their parents love them, or that the parent loves them. That shouldn't even be in doubt. That should be clearly communicated, strongly communicated, regularly communicated. That child needs to be affirmed in many, many, many different ways. That that child is wanted and valued and respected and honored and desired. And you're pleased to have that child in your family circle. So, that child needs to have genuine love shared because then that child is in a position to genuinely share love with others. They can have affectionate for others. So that's where it starts. That's the blueprint. To be loved and then to love. But the second one is conscience. A child needs to have a clear development of their conscience. That is, a child needs to be brought up in a home in the first three years of life and beyond. Where the mother and the father say no. You see, if you don't say no, there's, there's the development of no particular conscience. That means everything is good, everything is fine, everything is acceptable, everything is honorable, everything is possible. Well, there are in our world things which are unacceptable, undesirable, inappropriate, unhealthy, unnecessary, and wrong. And a child needs a sense of conscience. Sense that, is this right or is this wrong? Is this acceptable or is this unacceptable? Is this a desirable or undesirable behavior pattern? Parents begin the process of teaching conscience by teaching the word no, or the word wait, or the word not now, or the word later, or the word be kind. The word is be thoughtful. Be careful. See, there's a lot of these words that we can put into the child's vocabulary that have a conscience related to it, where the child has to think through whether this is an appropriate behavior or not, a good behavior or not, an acceptable behavior or not. Should I do something like that or should I not do something like that? Should I say something like that or should I not say something like that? That's conscience. Okay. The third one is. Raise that child with trust. That child must learn to trust you as a parent and, and then learn to trust others. It kind of goes out, outward. Starts with you as the parent. Starts with you as the mother. There's a great trust that is developed there. And then it goes out to other people, to extended family members and grandparents and brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and friends and neighbors and you know, and so on. There's that sense of trust. That means that child has not been abused. That means that child has been cared for in a loving and thoughtful and kind and respectful manner. That means that child has been upheld and protected. The child's been kept from danger, kept from harm, been protected by the mother, by the father. That's how a child do knows that they can trust. The parents because the parents have acted in a trustworthy manner. Trust is extremely important to develop in the life of a child. They have to trust the primary parent and then they can begin to trust others. No trust in the parent no trust in others. The child becomes suspicious even to the point of becoming paranoid where you can't you know believe in anybody And everybody is a potential enemy. So to trust, yes. Prove that you can be trusted. Prove that your word is good. Prove that you're a person of your word. Prove that you're a person of honor and that you treat your child with honor. That's trust. Okay, next. Help your child develop the skills of what we call self-regulation. To thrive, you have to have this ability. You have to have this skill. Not just trust and conscience and affection and ability, but also be able to self-regulate your emotions. That is, you want to teach your child when to calm down, how to calm down. First on cue, when you say, okay, just calm down, let's take it easy, just slow it down. Just regulate your emotions. Just calm it down, slow it down. That's self-regulation. You teach that by giving them the instructions of when to elevate or when to deval, uh, decelerate their emotional expressions, when to calm down and when they can become more excitable. Sure, there's times for excitability. Sure, there's times for exuberance. And sure, there's time for loud voices and yelling and all that kind of thing. But then there's times for quietness. And there's times for calmness. See, in every child's life, there should be a, what we call a time-out time, a peaceful time, a quiet time, so they can go somewhere and just reconstruct or just kind of decelerate and just bring their emotions under control, and then move on with life. You have to teach the child that. Childhood children don't know that from birth. So as a parent, sometimes you have to say, okay, this is the time now to kind of just calm down. And if they can't, you may have to say, this is the time, to just go to your room, get yourself under control, just be at peace, be quiet, and then come on out and join us. You see, you want to teach the child how to deregulate and self-regulate. So just be the instructor of self regulate and show them how you do it. Teach them how you do it. How do you regulate your emotions or your emotional expressions? They... We can't have children who have emotional expressions in every situation the same. Every situation requires different levels of emotionality. And the children that can do that tend to thrive. Helplessness is another one. Teaching a child not to be helpless, but to pitch in and help. To do things for themselves that they can do. See, a mother and a parent should never do for the child what the child can do for themselves. And a, parent and, child, and a parent and a mother and a father should teach the children skills that they can learn so that they can be helpful to themselves and not live a life of helplessness. Helplessness means that you're going to have to have a caretaker all your life. You're going to have somebody who is in your life to tell you what to do and what not to do and to guide you. That's helplessness. Just to to pick up all the pieces and to do the things for you that really you should do yourself. You want to to be thriving as an individual. You have to have that ability to be independent, to help yourself, and to be self-sufficient and self-reliant. That goes with being helpful and being a skilled person in the area of self-help. No matter what it is, it's self-help. Making a meal... Taking care of your clothing, taking care of your room, cleaning it up, taking care of your your bed sheets and all those things, and solving problems, making telephone calls, making arrangements, making appointments, calling people to make arrangements for different kind of appointments and different kind of events that you may want to go to. That's all learning to be self-reliant and self-helpful, not helpless. And that's what the parent's job is, to help that child become a full person, able to help themselves in all these kind of different, you know, situations. And then make sure that as a child, the child learns how to relate to people older than themselves. That's how you relate to teachers, you relate to grandparents, you relate to friends and neighbors, And that there's a respect and there's an honor given to people who are older. You know, we have that phrase in our culture that says, you know, respect your elders. Well, kids who thrive have that ability to respect their elders. It's not just their parents and it's not just their grandparents, but it's anybody that's older than themselves. To have an honor for people who are older, to have an appreciation for people who have prior experiences and other experiences and from whom you can learn and from whom you can uh, anticipate new learning and new experiences and can take you to a higher level of living, a higher plane of living. Older people can do that. So it's the idea of being around older people and being comfortable with them and listening. Asking questions, discussing, getting information. Sometimes it's a matter of taking care of an elder person, maybe a grandparent. Sometimes it's just being friendly with people who are older, being, and just talk to them. Maybe just even a neighbor, just build that relationship. It isn't with that person that you're building a relationship, but you're developing the skill of relating to somebody older than yourself. Peer orientation is right and proper and good for kids. That's true. But they also need to learn how to relate to in an effective, positive, and a uh, humble way to relate to people older than themselves. Well, anyway, this has been the psychology report on helping kids thrive. These are some of the markers of thriving. Not all of them. But these are the markers, of some of the important markers of thriving. These are some of the skills that you need to teach children. These are some of the experiences that you need to help children have. These are some of the goals that you're trying to develop in your children's life as you raise them in the home. The kind of way that's kind of a parent you want to be. These are some of the marching orders for, for you as a parent to not only live that kind of life yourself, but then teach that. Teach these skills. Teach these attitudes to your children. They'll thrive. The more of these kind of skills they have, the more they thrive. And there's other ones that we could add, you know, to it as well. Let Let me give you just a little quote here, okay? Believe that there is deep inside a loving child, good and kind, and in need of your help as a parent. Okay? Believe that there is inside... A loving child. Deep inside, there's a loving child. Good and kind. But, is in need of your help as a parent. This is how you can help. Bring out from that child the lovingness that is there. The kindness that is there. The friendliness that's there. The respectability that's there. The honor that's there. And so on. That's your job as a parent. Hey, good to have you with me today. Thanks for joining me on the psychology report and I certainly want you to um, just remember the uh, mission in your city and um, every city has a mission serving uh, men and women on the street and are homeless and uh, in a destituted situation so um, if there's a mission in your program be supportive of them learn about the program send them a few bucks help them Help others. And when you, when, this is the way to help these street people. This is the way to help the guy on the corner who's begging. So I recommend you don't give him any money at all. But you give it to a mission program where they can go and get not only a meal, but a place to sleep and a place to clean up. And a, maybe a, a, a positive message in life. Maybe some training and job experience. And helping them become independent themselves. And maybe they can thrive at some point in life. But don't forget, a lot of these people on the street, have not thrived at all. But after they go to a mission, they part of a program, part of an educational program and a work-related program, they start to thrive. You can turn the thing around. So be part of the solution. Be part of the help. So whatever the rescue mission is in your city, send them some money and just keep in touch with them. Okay. Nice to have you with me and bye. For